Listen to this. Zakamani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakamani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side. Not at Porsche Bay Cafe today. We're back to traditional way we've been doing it um, um, virtually, but that's what this week calls for. However, the Sounders obviously disappointing week. Um, got a defeat in Las Vegas against Club Leon. Um, we'll talk about that least Cup final. Uh, you know, we we'll have quite a few thoughts on it and. Overall, I say it was unlucky, but you know we'll get into the details shortly. And then, no time to dwell on that result because an absolutely massive game against Sporting Kansas City for many reasons. One, obviously, supremacy in the West. Two, if either of these clubs have support shows ambitions, which looks unlikely at this point because New England keeps rolling, this game is important. And then, this is a team you possibly will see down the road in the playoffs at this venue, so you want to get used to getting a result down there. Um, and really measure yourself. And obviously, Sporting KC came to Lumenfield earlier this year and gave the Sounders a little bit of a hiding. So the revenge factor is there as well. And Colorado's hot and Sounders Hills, there's all of that. Um, some news on the injury front, we'll kind of discuss that. Players going out, potentially big player coming back. We're not sure exactly what that looks like. Lots to cover. And of course, I'm over and under, but only one place to start. And that is... Leeds Cup final. Uh, I thought it was a good game to watch. I watched it on delay. So this was my thing. I avoided my phone at the plague because I knew people would be texting me. And I recorded a game. So I, I didn't start watching the game until 10 p.m. that night. So I knew the result had happened. I wasn't sure if the Sounders were halfway drunk from celebrations or halfway drunk from um, depression. I wasn't sure which one it was, but... I did not check my phone at all. I watched the game in its entirety. I recorded it on a Mexican channel. So I had that commentary. And first 10 minutes, I panicked because I thought Leon moved the ball unbelievably well. And it looks familiar to some of the games I'd played in against Mexican teams where they just moved the ball so good. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a long night. Then I felt after the first 10 minutes, the Sounders settled. I thought the Sounders were really good um, without threatening the goalkeeper in the first half, to be honest. But were very good. Stefan Fry had nothing to do as well. My take on it was Raul's going to score or Freddie's going to score. Someone's going to score. There was a Freddie free kick. Raul had a chance. Alex Rodin was finding acres of space on the right. I thought Kellen Rowe was very good. Christian looked a bit more like himself. I felt very good about the Sounders. And then second half came out a bit of the same. Sounders scored. I'm like, oh, we're going to win. Then once Leon scored an equalizer, whatever it was, the last 20, 25, they were out of this world. I don't know if they just realized it's actually a final. I don't know what happened, but to be, we have to be transparent, honest, and objective on this podcast. I thought Leon was something else. I thought that, that last 20 minutes was a different level to what uh, most teams in MLSUC can reach. It just was relentless. They made a few subs, and those subs changed the game. And they, in the end, for that last 20 minutes or so, ran out deserved winners because of that. Although the Sounders played very, very well, I thought that was a level that we're not used to seeing. And 
they were sleepwalking through the first 60 minutes or so, I guess, because that last 20, some of the chances, it was things, they're the best I've seen at third man running. Um, Mexican teams that it's just so good. They find the spaces and the sounders fell short. They fell short. Um, great effort. I thought it was, you know, nothing to hang your heads on. Um, could have won. So that was my take on it. I wouldn't be too disappointed. I think gave a good account against a very good team, obviously. And you just feel a bit unlucky. But um, curious you guys thoughts. But that's what I got from it and watch it on delay. And then obviously I went to my phone after and all the texts were there. And it was a good thing I avoided it because people will kind of give me play by play and it would have ruined it. But I thought it was an unlucky game. And in the end, you just say a really good team turned up in the last 20 minutes and made it very difficult to compete. Yeah, I think there's a lot to digest here. Um, the Sounders, I thought, were matched up, um, ready to play. Uh, the intensity was there. Like you said, after the first 10 minutes, got settled into the pitch. Yeah. And they were causing turnovers. Uh, the Sounders were playing through the midfield. One, two, touch, finding Jao Paulo, switching the point of attack. Shane O'Neill switching the point of attack. Uh, finding Raul's feet, drop it. So, so doing it in different ways, right? It wasn't just one uh, one way that the Sounders were finding success on the field and, and right. maintaining possession in good parts of the field. I think we figured out, obviously, Christian's best position um, because I thought he was he was really good in the game. Um, you know, his somehow he's gotten faster. I don't know how he's gotten faster, what he's been doing, but he's he's now turned into a legit attacking threat that he has before, but. The past couple of weeks, we probably haven't seen the Christian of old, and hopefully that result lights a fire under his belly to say, okay, when I do better and when I leave everything on the field, this team is a better team overall. Uh, Christian's a good enough player where he can skate through some games and you know try to play uh, little one-two touch passes and try to be the creator, but he's at his best when he's driving at defenses, putting uh, outside backs under pressure, and you know really getting after it in a physical capacity. Um, but like you said, where the Sounders fell short, and I, I was actually down at training yesterday picking up a pair of cleats from Jimmy. And, you know, his his thought, Madranda, was, um, you know, we, we shot ourselves in our, in, in our own foot, right? Like we made mistakes, we gave them the game. And he said that's reminiscent of what's happened this season with this mm. team. So it's not a one-off thing that happened the other night. It's something that has happened multiple times. And for Jimmy to say that, um, I think we have to take a look back and probably say, yeah, that, that's right. The Sounders haven't allowed any amazing goals, no rockets from distance, no real good build-up play from teams. It's mostly been mistakes from the Sounders in vulnerable positions on the field and defensively not able to figure out in a 3-5-2, oh, we turned the ball over. Now our outside back or Jimmy Madrano's pushed up high now, how do we get our defensive shape to not allow this goal, ball go in the back of the net, right? And they figured that out the first 13 games of the season, first 12, 12 games of the season. They were really good defensively. Um, and then either teams started to figure them out or they got a little bit lax and a little bit careless. And, you know, a couple mistakes last night. 2-1 is okay with yeah. 20 minutes left, right? You're always going to get another chance. And like you said, Steve, I think I, I was thinking a little bit different. Yes. Leon was really good in the last 20 minutes, mm -hmm. but the Sounders still had plenty of opportunities to score goals. Yes. And that's not what would have happened in the past playing against a Mexican side for the Sounders club. 
right. traditionally. You know, once it's one, two goals, then it's three, four, five, six, seven goals against most of these teams sometimes. So the Sounders still had fight in them. And to battle back and get it to three, two, man, you just try to think, what if it was two, two, and it goes into pens, right? You don't have to worry about overtime. So you can push it for those last five minutes. And a little bit of what ifs left on the field, um, I think, from fans' perspective as well. And, yes, you're always going to hear, why are we playing this tournament? But if we win the tournament, it's, oh, we got another trophy. We're, we're so excited to win another trophy. So it goes both ways. And, obviously, that's that's sports number one. But, you know, I, I was proud of the effort yeah. uh, from the team. I don't think going into a final, anyone around this league would have watched that game and be like, oh, they shouldn't have been there. Yeah. You know, the Sounders deserve to be there, and they look like a team that belonged. And you hope now and, you know, Schmetzer's thoughts after the game were this is a learning experience and we have to build on this performance and build on this effort and push through this latter part of the season. Like you said, that's going to be crazy, crazy tough. Um, yeah. You're disappointed after that game, but right. You, you just leave. You don't have time to put your head down and lull, right. Because you've got this massive game again, boom, right in your face. Yeah. That's where real strikers amnesia comes into comes into play. Um, Yeah. I mean, we were like our raw rude as he like hit the post and we would have been up to nothing. And then that game is totally different. I mean, those were two teams that belonged against each other. That was not, you know, so. Well, the difference lies in the substitutes, like Steve said. We're always going to talk about the substitutes until there's more money. I actually had a call with Tyler Miller yesterday. And we were talking about that game and, you know, he was like, yeah, Sounders played well. There's not much, not too much you could do, right? You could dissect every play. Yes. But his concern, and I'd be curious for your guys' thoughts is if this is going to be a month long tournament, Tyler was like, but I'm still going to get paid the same, but I'm going to add extra games and another month onto my season while maintaining the same salary. Um, Yes. There's bonus money involved, but it's not enough to, to change really it's not life-changing unless you win yeah yeah um is that something that's ever crossed your mind like oh yeah let's play this tournament and bridge the gap but we're going to end up playing potentially 50 games in a season and i'm still getting paid for what i got paid last year when we played 34 games it's mls is still in many ways a young league it still is it just takes time i mean english first division which became the premier league talking 100 years you know you have records going back to 1900 and something and it's just not there yet and you build it in a slow strategic way which i think don garbin those guys i think they've actually done a very good job in how they've built the league and i mean it's very sustainable we know that um obviously roster spend on roster needs to continue to gradually increase until you get what brad's saying about bringing on the subs i think they brought in a player called montez who was fantastic when he came on i mean to bring that guy off the bench is yeah. I mean, what a luxury if he was fantastic um and then i think you know you just you continue the, the calendar thing's always been an issue for me where we used to play Concacaf in February or early March and we just get enough preseason leaving Tucson and going right into this game against a team that you know is uh, 20 25 games into the season if that pie and that sponsorship money and that revenue is going directly into players pockets as well who are the ones putting their bodies on the line who are the ones playing who are the ones having to be in shape the ones having to perform no problem with it I think listen man I think if this competition which I think it will the excitement from, I think the Mexican teams, they're, the, they're, they're excited by the idea of MLS. Something about America playing here, making that league bigger here, entices those owners. 
it's going to make them a lot wealthier as well. Um, it has to go to the players too. I would advocate for the players. And I think if those sponsorship dollars is split in a very good way towards the players favorably and it's tangible, I'm all for it. From what I remember, Champions League was, was pretty cool at the time because I was young and it was my opportunity to test myself against the region's best, right? And it wasn't even the region's best because you're going to you know, some, some team in Trinidad. But you go to a team in Trinidad on a Wednesday night yeah. in the middle of summer, that team, that is their opportunity to change their life. Right. If one person on that team has a good game, yeah. then that can change the whole trajectory of that club. One transfer fee can change everyone's lives at a club. It's at some of these countries come in some of these cities. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Always get just like CenturyLink, you or Lumen Field, you always get the best of every team, especially against the Sounders, because you knew everyone knows that Ziggy, Adrian, they're going to if they see a player, they're going to buy them. Right. If they're good enough. Um and so that was their their opportunity to play against the best team in Major League Soccer historically mm-hmm. and say, OK, if I can play well against this team, this is now my opportunity to get my family out of here. So we always faced everybody's best. And there were teams where we probably should have beat six, seven, nothing. But, man, they were close games, two, two, one, one. And they were exciting games. Um, and I remember being excited when we won. Uh, yeah disappointed yeah. when we lost even if we had that long travel that was br- the, the hardest part was just the travel right in the in the middle of a season going to new england and then having to charter all the way down to trinidad and then back to houston for a week yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was tough yeah um luckily we weren't playing mexican league teams at that point we were playing mostly you know probably a, a tiered down one or yeah. two so we could get those results midweek now, if you're talking about playing Mexican league teams in the middle of the year, consistently yeah. throughout a whole month, it's going to be really, really tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, there was money on the line. I was making, you know, peanuts at the time. Mm-hmm. And so every incentive to, to win a game and, and try to attain that bonus was, was big for guys like us, right? Like, yeah. you know, Facito and Stephen King and Tyson yeah. Wall, you know, we always, at the end of the season, okay, what's our bonus going to be this year? Let's make mm-hmm. the playoffs. We get an extra 1500 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they take taxes out of that. <laughs> and you're so stoked that you buy like a nice bottle of cheap wine. <laughs> nice <laughs> bottle of cheap wine. Oh, dude. man. <laughs> so it's just a different time. Um, yeah. you know, but that, that was my feeling back then. I don't know, Steve, would, would you mostly the same or was it a daunt? Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know. I, I liked it more, from, like I said, the competing side of it. Oh, it's Champions League, you get to play against, you know, these other teams from the region you don't really see. I've watched it growing up when, you know, the best teams playing in the Champions League. It's an honour to be in the region's top competition for, you know, your region. And the FIFA Club World Cup at the end of it was, you know, we never got close in my time with the Sounders. We never, like, really got to the point of discussing that FIFA Club World Cup tournament. But um, yeah, I've always liked that Champions League, I think, is, is its own thing because it's the whole region and it's um, something that all um, regions do. So yeah, I think the league has changed. We're in a better place. We're definitely closer to the top Mexican teams. What I will say though is, say this as my final point on this, is we see them like on a one-off. You know, you play Club Leon, you just play them in that moment. Like If we had to play in Liga MX, I'd be curious to see wh- how the Sounders and New England and Kansas would do in a season in the Mexican League and how they would do here. Because having to face that kind of pressure on every, you know, twice a week, that's tough. Like that level, like Leon's fifth 
in, in their table and they're, they're fighting, they're fifth. That's not the best team in Mexico, right? So um, I think that's where I think you see the balance of um, where we really are in relation to that. Can you imagine Cincinnati having to play against, you know, the teams in Mexico? It, it, it's that. Overall, their league, I think, is just top to bottom more quality, which is not news. It's not a surprise. But teams like the Sounders could be okay. Um, most of MLS wouldn't, is what I would say. So um, we're still some ways away there. But no time to dwell Big game. Um, when we come back, we'll preview. I mean, it's a, I'm excited for this one. It's a, it's a massive, you know, I don't normally be, as a fan, for me now on the outside, be excited a few days out to watch a game. Like when it's game day, yes, I'm there, let's go. But th- this one's good. I, I love the Kansas City team. They, these two are going neck and neck. I love this Sounders team as well. And to see them down there um, this coming Sunday, I think it is, uh, that, that's going to be a fun one. So we'll preview that one and then we'll do some over and under and we'll get out of it. I'll come back to you on this one, Dom. Mikel just mentioned it, the expansion announcement for Leagues Cup. A lot more teams involved. We're going to see in two years, uh, a month where it's just going to be Liga MX against MLS. Can you just talk about the relationship between the two leagues as we move forward? You know, we're very focused on trying to make our region more important, more influential. How do we do that in partnership with our neighbors down south? And how do we do that in coordination with CONCACAF? You know, I don't see any reason why CONCACAF shouldn't be as important as Comnable or UEFA or CAP or any other confederation. And we want our leagues to be as important as any other leagues around the world. And the best way to do that is to collaborate. You know, one plus one equals five here. And that's our goal and objective. And then my, my real question is, look, I, I, I love the idea. I love how it's going. How do you find the balance between, you know, both the leagues Obviously, Champions League, now this competition, U.S. Open Cup, and then so, and then obviously in the summer when you've then got international situation. Well, I'll start and then go to Mikel. I mean, the, the international match calendar and our domestic match calendars are under stress. But we can't just run away from that. We've got to be bold, make decisions that are going to grow interest in our league and give our players a competitive uh, opportunity, Casey. And, if that's got to shift around where we're going to make some changes and deprioritize some tournaments and prioritize others, we should be in control of that. And, and ultimately, we can do that in cooperation with League of Mex and cooperation with CONCACAF. This is a win-win situation because this um, tournament is supported by CONCACAF. This tournament is a qualifier for the CONCACAF Champions League and also this tournament is unique in the history of the leagues in the world. We're going to share a month competing, giving the players a new window in order to expand their careers and offering the fans a great month where no football league is active in that month. And we will have, uh, we will show the world that the unity among two leagues is going to generate a huge added value. All right, welcome back. Let's get right to it. The Sounders on the road, sporting Kansas City. Um, I never played in the stadium for the Sounders. I did play there. Um, in my MLS career, but uh, always a great venue. So super, super, super good fan base over there. And it's a big game. Um, these two teams neck and neck, you know, you take a look at the table. 
They're right there. And Kansas, yes, have played a game more. They're a point ahead. Uh, goal difference is about the same. Both won exactly 13 games. Both have lost five. It's that one draw that Kansas has that isn't that extra point. So for the Sounders, it's a chance to leapfrog them and still keep that game in hand and put some daylight between the Sounders and Colorado. Um, the first thing I would say is well, we saw the game against Salt Lake last week. We don't need to touch on that too much. Then we saw the game against Club Lyon. Um, what sort of lineup should we expect? Um, those guys who played major minutes in Vegas, you know, Rudy Diaz has gone back to back 90 minutes, which I don't think is a problem for the kind of running and playing he does. I think he should be fine. But my, yeah, Schmetz does tinker. He does change the lineup, especially away from home, especially on a three game week. Is this one of those games where you just have to ride your best players for as long as you can? Mm. Um, I, I think so, yes, because. They don't play midweek, right? The following. No. Oh, no, they do. San, we play in San, San Jose, Jose on the 29th. I'd rotate for that one. Yeah, so I think you got to go for it in, in Kansas City because we've seen what happens when you go to Kansas City and you sit back and you try to absorb pressure. You cannot do it at that stadium yeah. against that club. You just can't. Um, but I think this is a good opportunity for Will Bruin. If his knee is good to go, is put him in the starting lineup with Raul and let him do the dirty work for a good 60, 70 minutes and then bring Freddie on. But you're going to need someone up there that is going to put Kansas City under pressure. You cannot allow yeah. them to get into a rhythm uh, because when you do, they're going to be a really good team. Um, you know, I think the previous game, we did a good job in Salt Lake of making Justin, like we talked about, right, making Justin yeah. defend. And he had basically no impact on the game. Um, yeah. a, couple, a couple good moments, but, you know, he was subbed. Uh, he was not happy about being subbed. You could tell yeah. he, was, he, he knew he didn't give his best performance, but that's what the Sounders did well. And that's what you have to do against. You have to make shallow. defend. You have to make Johnny Russell defend because they're two top players in this league. Uh, probably best 11 caliber players yeah. <clears throat> for sure. Shallow and Johnny's right there as well. Um, you have to make them defend. And how do you do that? It's by applying constant pressure to their back line and not letting them get out easily because we can win the first and second balls, but it's going to be really difficult to play in that stadium. Like you said, Steve, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes you end up chasing your tail because yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough place to play. Uh, so you get Will, you get Raul, tell them pressure. Christian Roldan is up in that mix, right? Pressure, put them under some, some constant pressure and make them, try to play the beautiful game. And if they don't, then we win the first and second balls. Um, but I think everyone in the back line is fine. I don't think that Leon game, it, like you said, it wasn't the typical, oh, we're defending for 90 minutes. No. We had a good amount of the ball. Shane felt comfortable, I think. Um, you know, Ariaga might be a question mark for me. Is Nuhu ready to go? That would be a great mm -hmm. uh, addition for this game specifically in trying to deal with Johnny Russell on that side. Two athletic left yeah. footed players that, that would be a great battle to watch if they're both healthy and ready to go um and then yamar against pulido is going to be yeah. two absolute monsters if if pulido's ready to go so um uh, tough one but you know it, the sounders team is still really really good yeah and if you can play well against leon you can play well against kansas city um it shouldn't be an issue for me two top teams yeah it's going to be a, I hope, it's going to be a lights-out game. 
it needs to be like a complete game right like that's what you guys have been talking about yeah you go for it yeah uh by playing smart you know understanding they're also a good team they're gonna have moments it's one of those games in mls you go away from home and you know there's gonna be a five ten minute period where we're really really under the weather where we're really really facing a storm and in those moments it's about you know you you bend but you don't break and you have you know great goalkeeper and stefan fry back there who may have to come come up with one or two big saves to keep you in the game you understand that going into us you're not shocked when they're coming relentlessly for a period and you also know you have your chances on the counter you'll have your moments um the sounders have got results down there before so yeah i just think it's a it's you're going toe to toe against one of the best teams in the league and the the team that's your peer in the west you're looking to your right your left that's who you see You're, you're kind of head and shoulders above the rest to me now sounders are ahead of where Portland is, ahead of where LAFC is, ahead of the Galaxy, ahead of Minnesota. It's Kansas City that is there and Colorado just behind, I think. And you likely will see this team in the playoffs if all goes well, and it could be at this venue. So all those things have to be in your mind. And I always, always thought, it's weird to say, I thought every time I played against the better teams, it was an easier game. What I mean is this, it's not, no game in MLS was easy. But I would much rather, when we used to play against, going away to the Galaxy. I love that game because I knew that they also knew they were good. So they're going to come. They're going to give you their best shot. You're going to give them your best shot. You're going to get chances. They'll have chances. You're both just going to play football. Whereas you go to some of the teams that think you're better than them and they're going to scrap and foul and make it a chippy game. And I didn't like those kind of games. I like games that were about football we're going to play. And I think Kansas, yes, is a physical team. But Peter's boys, they play. They want to play good football. He's got them playing good football. They want to play. And some of those guys on that team, they want to play. So, yes, it's always going to be physical and stuff. I think it's a game as a Sounders player. You know, yeah, we're going to play a team that's not going to just sit back and make it difficult for us. We're going to have an open game. We're going to get our chances. If we can take them, we'll be successful. Um, Nico missing. I don't have too many details on this. I don't know anybody does. Um you know, to be fair, we've not seen the best of him this season, and it's understandable why. I think he's probably put on a brave face because he wanted to play, wanted to be a part of this, um, played through probably a lot of pain, I'm sure, which we've all had to do at some point or another. And in the end, his body has just said, you know, you need to take a big break or you need to shut down. You can't keep going. Big miss, obviously. But is it fair to say that the team, you know, has been very good this season and they've learned to do it without Nico? So they should be okay. He is who he is because he's he's ridiculous. When he's on his game, he is ridiculous. He is the one player that can take over a game and control the whole entire tempo of a game. He can turn people on their heads, good, good players in this league on their heads. Yeah. And you know, find the killer pass and you know, service and and be that link up guy and score some goals. So there's no one like him. Um, it's it, those are really, really difficult shoes to fill. Uh and who knows, maybe if, 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 if Leo Chu can get a couple games under his belt, maybe he's that left-footed, shifty kind of guy that can pick out a couple passes here and there. Maybe we just need to see that. We haven't heard too much chatter, uh, questions asked about him at all. None of the players have really talked about him, so we don't know too much. Um, yeah, I, you know, looking at these two teams, you know, you've got Shallowy chasing Golden Boot, Raul chasing Golden Boot. You've got two teams chasing Supporter Shield and Western Supremacy. So on paper, it lines up just as, like you said, the Galaxy Sounders games of you know yeah. a couple of years ago uh, are lined up. It's going to be a great field. The weather's going to be perfect. Um, it's it's a great setting. And uh, speaking of, I'll be in Yakima this weekend, hanging out at uh, Bellbreaker Brewing, uh, having some fresh hops. 
I nice. know that. I'm actually going to stay the night, so oh. having a lot of fresh hops, <laughs> hanging out with the with the East Side bands. Um, never been to Yakima, my first time. Yeah. Oh my god, it's dope! It's so oh, cool. Yeah, so I've heard it's awesome, and I'm excited to get out there and, and hang out with some fans that you know might not otherwise have some access. And and, and the Ray Foundation, obviously, we're going to be building another mini pitch out in Yakima, um, so that's always exciting, and uh, just free play, right? That's what we all need. That's yeah. what we all need yeah. for, for all these kids. So I'm excited to get out there and watch hopefully what is a win with, you know, who knows how many fans, hopefully, hopefully a ton of fans. It, it'll be a great experience. Uh, if it were summer, I would say you should go water tubing. They have like great water tubing in Yakima. It's oh, so fun. Very sounds cool. fun. Um, <laughs> sounds great. No, that's great. Um, the game's at 4 PM. Um, our time here in Seattle. Um, national tv game i believe fox fs1 fs1 yes on fs1 sound is 4 p.m make sure you guys tune in support the boys it's an exciting one it's a fun game even as a neutral i think a lot of people will be watching this one just two really good teams well coached um great venue a lot on the line that stage of the season we'll get into the final stretch where you know 10 games to go less than 10 games to go um it's the exciting policy this is what you work so hard in your season and preseason four and it's arrived we're here so sounders a way to sport in kansas city and it's to touch on lightly very quickly it's a tough running for the sounders you know you still play kansas city twice you play colorado i believe um twice um there is a game against you know la fc in there galaxies in there um san jose away midweek won't be easy so it's a pretty tough running for the sounders and you know if any team's built to get through it it will be seattle but um Gonna need everyone's best effort. Gonna need everyone to sort of step up even more, um, despite the great things they've given this season already. All right, Keely, we have some over and unders. Yes, we do. Now it's time for over under presented by Emerald Queen Casino. First one is sort of Vegas themed. Um, I was actually in Las Vegas with Keith and Casey, who were on the radio call. Uh, over under, oh, how much oh, money? Did that really happen? Oh, Brad, did you get a text about that? No, I, I think they didn't have any room on any of the airplanes. Ever. Okay. All free jets that went didn't have room for me and you. Interesting. Okay. You know, I actually asked Adrian uh, two days before. I said, hey, you got any extra room on your plane for Steve and I? And he was like, oh, I'll, I'll ask. I don't think I'm going to the game. And then he flew on with all the <laughs> down to the game. So it just gives you, Steve, an nice idea time. of where yeah. we are at yeah. on the, on the No, team. we weren't on. I was not on the charter. If you will. I was not on the charter. Oh, you paid for your flight there? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, over under how much money I lost while I was in Vegas, I put it at 75.5. Over under how much money I lost. Over. Over. I lost $90. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 100% over. (laughs) <laughs> I never bet. I, I took out two hundred dollars. I was and it was like the last <laughs> night. It was my old, I was busy. I was working the entire time. This was uh, not like fun Vegas trip. <laughs> and so we lose. We get back to the casino. I'm like, you know what? F this. I am gonna take out two hundred bucks, and I'm gonna play the slot machines. And I did. And I won twenty dollars initially. And I kept going. And quit while you're ahead. That's Vegas. Um, All right. Uh, when, moving when, when, on. When, when, when did you guys stay? Uh, we stayed at Park MGM. Okay. Okay. Park MGM. Nice. One. Uh, moving on to on the pitch. Um, over under how many points we need from Kansas City and Colorado in order to finish first in the Western Conference? So we play them four times. How many points 
are we going to need to take from those two teams to finish in first? Nine. I put it at 10.5, over under 10.5. 12 is obviously the maximum points um, <clears throat> could earn, um, so I put over under 10.5. Under. Yeah, I put under as well. Okay. I think two wins, two draws. And they'll mm. lose they'll lose other games. They're not both gonna they're not both gonna win out. Um yeah, so like eight points. So like eight points. I mean that's pretty good against those teams and they won't win out every other game. So they'll lose points elsewhere. I think if you can directly take those points from them, I think yeah, you have the game in hand on Sporting Kansas. I think yeah, avoiding defeat there this weekend is a key, but I think yeah, I think we'll be um all right, eight points. That's I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Brad, same. No, I said nine points. You need nine. Yeah. So three wins or a combination. Of... Place, I think you need nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, last one. Over under go- total goals for Sunday's match. I put it at four point five because I want it to be a scoring affair. But over under four point five goals. Ah, I'm gonna go just under. I can see it being four. Um, three or four, so I'll go just under. But it'll be a three or four. I think I think we'll see goals in this game. I'm gonna go over. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be an absolute goal fest. I think four two. I have like a four. I don't know why I have that scoreline in my head, but I have four two in my head. That'll be some game. Yeah. yeah. And we're also talking about two of the best goalkeepers to play in Major League Soccer. Yes. That's a, another good point. I just want to watch scoring, I guess. All right, this edition of Over Under was presented by Emerald Queen Casino, the betting capital of the Northwest. Great. All right, that's us, right? We're good. Um, we'll be back next week, and by that point, we'd have played two more games. So, obviously, we've been heavily discussing sport in Kansas City, but there is a game midweek against San Jose Earthquakes away from home. Um, and, you know, two away games, tough for the Sounders, but we'll be back uh, next week previewing that previewing the game coming up and reviewing those two games this has been side by side myself steve zaikwadi brad evans and keely we'll be back next week as always thanks for joining us we'll talk to you guys soon